Welcome back to the Mackinac Michigan Show, brought to you by the Mackinac Center's Frank Beckman Center for Journalism here on WJR. I'm Kelly Cobb. I'm Jarrett Scora. And a lot of changes to our education laws have been enacted already this year. A lot of others have been proposed. And here to talk through all of them is Molly Masick at the Mackinac Center. Molly, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. So, Molly, uh, there's a bunch of things that we could discuss. I wanted to start with the third grade reading law. That was a law that was passed uh, just a few years ago, right? Uh, And it was just repealed. Mm -hmm. And it basically said that uh, you could hold back a student if they weren't proficient in reading in the third grade. Why was that law repealed and and what was the effect of that law on the books? Yeah, so you're right, Kelly. This law was implemented in uh, 2016, but it wasn't even implemented until 2020. And um, as you can imagine, this law is really critical. It was created because third grade is such an important time for students to be able to develop their learning uh, proficiency, their reading proficiency, and to the point where if they move on to fourth grade, where they are really focusing on uh, reading to learn more advanced subject material, they can fall further behind if they aren't ready. So now it's up for repeal because some lawmakers feel that it's just not effective, that it causes more harm than good, when in fact, when we promote students who are eligible for retention because they are more than a grade level behind in reading, we're really setting them up to fall further behind and possibly not even be able to graduate on time with their peers. So it's a really important law. It holds schools accountable for developing intervention plans, support structures that really ensure that students develop the proficiency needed to be successful in fourth grade. Yeah, Molly, it seems like such a, it's, you know, it's getting called the reader flunk law. It's even being portrayed that way in the media, but it's just a confusing issue because, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if somebody cannot read, um, you know, and, and the law obviously has all these exceptions for people that are that are special needs. And, and even like at the end of the day, you can the superintendent can just say we're going to pass them anyways. Um, but what is I just don't understand what the answer is if we already have all this extra reading funding in and the end of the day, somebody just can't read. I mean, the answer just seems to be, oh, well, you know, for their mm-hmm. self-esteem, just mm-hmm. keep passing them on. Um, yeah, we got a bunch of 17-year-olds that we're just going to, I guess we'll just graduate them, and they're not job-ready. They can't read. They can't do anything. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't understand why this has become such a contentious issue for a law that has so many loopholes already right. to allow people to pass on. Um, what What's driving that? Yeah, you know, it is it is kind of confusing. You know, it really should not be viewed as a punitive law. You know, it's in place to, to help students. And without it, we are just we're not setting them up for success. So it's it is confusing that there is so much, you know, so many um, negative commentary about it when it really is essential to support these students. And, And like you say, there are good cause exemptions in place. The law outlines many different types of interventions that as long as they're effectively implemented, then students should be able to develop those skills to move on. So without it, we're risking not having this extra incentive, this accountability measure in place that will help to ensure that the students are getting that support yeah, that my, they need. My, my theory at the end of the day is this is, is back to this debate where we always have, which is, are we running a school district 
for grownups or are we running a school district mm-hmm. for kids? And mm-hmm. we're running it here for grownups because it makes the job easier where the parents don't have to say, my kid, he, you know, he has all these friends and he, so we just need to move him on. And it's for teachers to not, to be able to say, hey, well, you know, whatever, we'll move him on, mm-hmm. get him out of my classroom. And for principals to say, we don't have kids that are stuck back in the grade. And that's always disappointing. Um, shifting yeah. kind of to another issue, I had read recently that uh, the governor's budget provides only cuts uh, a cut of funding to only one area of the entire budget. Everyone gets an increase, every part of state government, except for one, and that's to certain charter schools. Can you talk about mm-hmm. talk about that issue? Sure. Yeah. So the the governor is proposing a twenty percent budget cut. Uh, to online charter schools. So this would apply to only uh, charter schools that provide full-time online learning. And Not uh, other uh, online schools, not public yeah. school Correct. ones. Not, no, nobody saw a cut during COVID <laughs> when my kids had to sit online for months, but sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Molly. <laughs> exactly. So it's really interesting because, like you say, this is the only cut that is being proposed. And these, and yet these schools, they serve families from low-income backgrounds, families that have really unique circumstances that prevent them from being able to attend your, um, you know, in-person schooling um, mm-hmm. models. Mm-hmm. So, such as health health issues, they might be immunocompromised. There are even a lot of homeless students who attend online schools. So we're talking, you know, they are providing a critical service for students who are um, who are in need, who have really unique needs that can't be met. I know I've heard students that are, that are, that have a pregnancy, um, students yes. that have dealt with severe bullying, um, yep, where yep. they just, the parent just has no trust in the traditional system, yeah. Right. So it doesn't really make sense that these would be targeted and we are so it's an unfair treatment of of these schools and funding should not be allocated to schools differently based on their type. So it's really discriminating against the students based on the type of school that they are choosing to attend or they or that they have to attend because of their circumstances. That is that is shocking, especially because there was like a six hundred fourteen or fifteen million dollar boost to education spending in Michigan, and and everybody else right. is getting the money, but charter schools aren't. Molly, uh, Molly Masick, we got to leave it there with the Mackinac Center. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, and uh, we'll be right back after a brief break with more of the Mackinac on Michigan show here on WJR. Mm-hmm.